0: to say about this movie is we like this film despite the expectation like and oh, yeah. uh, uh, the thing I like about it is is the thing I like about movies like uh, well, I'm going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to say it folks. It's what I like about things like the Snyder Cut is uh, there's sort of a... Can you clarify really...
1: what it's the Snyder Cut of? Because I don't even remember. <laughs>
0: The Justice League cut, okay. All right. Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League, which is four hours and two minutes long. Quite, It's quite, it's beefy to chonky boy. Um whole lot of shit that doesn't really need to be in that movie. Um, But what I like about it and why I think it's a great movie, regardless of the fact that it doesn't need to be edited down to like a three hour and 12 minute movie, but like it's very sincere and you're getting a whole artist's vision, whether you want it or not. And like when you watch Jupiter Ascending, you really get that like the Wachowskis are trying to express a very sincere and very honest point here, even though this is like a really over the top, like kind of messy ridiculous like space opera that feels like it's somebody's insane over the top uh, D&D campaign put on film, just like Chronicles of Riddick, which is another movie I like for this reason. It's just like there's too much sincerity and there's too much, like, it's too genuine of a point of expression but I can't really I can't say it's bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though even if I find a lot of it kind of like insane and stupid, like I can't really say that it's bad because it's a genuine it's a genuine fucking it's a genuine piece of expression. It's a genuine piece of like art. It's it's like this is 12 fucking movies in one movie but it's like the Wachowskis are they're saying everything they want to say
1: well pretty much I mean like as we say on I'm just going to pretend that this is something we say on this show even though I didn't invent this at all which is you know the only bad art is uh, unoriginal or uninspired and can't really say that about this movie that's very true you can say it because it's a free country or whatever but you would be wrong <laughs>
0: now you like cloud atlas please defend cloud atlas to me because i still don't like this movie (laughs) i've only seen it once
1: i've only seen it once to be clear i saw it twice the first time i was like whoa and then the second time i was like okay that that was okay so i don't know (laughs) i think it was like i i think uh, can i ask you yeah
0: did i hallucinate the part where tom Hanks says the n-word or did that actually happen in the movie
1: in cloud atlas (laughs) I have no idea. It's been years
0: since I saw it. (laughs) Okay, we're going to have to revisit Cloud Atlas for a movie club episode sometime in the future.
1: The art direction is incredible incredible like even if you don't happen to like anything else about the movie like you cannot deny these fucking spaceships there's all these like background characters with these really intricate and fancy uh costumes uh, there's They're dragons skin.
0: in this movie there's
1: dragons <laughs> dragon people lizard people uh-huh. i don't know they have wings i wrote them down as winged lizard people <laughs> They're dragons. Yeah, there's, like, there's like a rat person and a, a deer a person. person. And the deer person who we and and thought was a goat. I thought she was a mouse. There's a chairwoman.
0: That's right. Go ahead. The poor chairwoman. Which is one of the most distressing images it's put very, on film. Very distressing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, the, the settings are beautiful. Um, I don't know. It's very imaginative. It, it, it makes Chicago
0: weird. look good. And that's pretty hard to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very No pretty, comment about the uh,
0: recent dealings with the police or government of Chicago there. No, not whatsoever. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> then that's when Balum, played by Eddie Redmayne, shows up, no! this, the, like, a performance where he's basically playing, like, a pane of glass that's just broken, <laughs> but it's, like, trying as hard as it can to stay together. I CREATE LIFE!
1: Like, that's how I
0: would, like, like, he's, like, on the verge of tears, and he, like, he whispers everything, but you can feel this, like, boiling rage laced in every word. Yeah. And he just, like, he, you know. He's
1: either talking about that loud, or he's just, like, yelling in your face. Or he's yelling as loud as he can. There's no middle ground. It's It's wonderful. It's
0: incredible. Every line delivered with, like, his tears (laughs) just (laughs) line his eyes. Red is fucking, red is, red is sin, fucking just. (laughs) lined with tears no it, it, idea it, we're saying we're saying that it's the greatest performance ever put to film how dare you? <laughs> pretty much is what we're saying um it really is impressive like he's doing something oh yeah it's insane it's <laughs> Completely. Insane. and what do we know what do we know like these elite royal aliens could possibly you know could be this weird you begged me to do it
1: Sammy Barnett is good here as a an increasingly frustrated. That's the great thing is like he's clearly like a robot, but even he gets frustrated with this fucking bureaucracy that they have to go through in order to get Jupiter her title to Earth. And it's great because they have to stand in line at like six different places with names like quit claim title survey. Oh no, these aren't the places. These are like the things that they get told that they need. You like go to wills and trusts and get a t- Tax number, and yeah. go to revenue review. It's they keep getting the runaround. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's just great.
0: I actually think this is a very important segment. Yeah, of the film because it show like, because they're going from office to office or, or booth to booth, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, amongst this massive planet. You don't even know how much they've had to traverse That's to get true. from one place to the other. But, like, what gets them through the door, basically, what gets them over the hump of this, like, bureaucracy of this red tape is they fucking bribe one of the clerks. Right. The robot bribes the clerk. And I think that's, like, that's kind of, like, the thing with, like, like the brother buys the TV before she actually sells the eggs and then there's no money for the actual right. TV and stuff. Yeah. It's like it's a metaphor for like how the system works that like you gotta grease the wheels with money and if you don't have money you're fucked you know right exactly I think there that's some no... good that's some good metaphorical more metaphorical storytelling right There's there
1: no justice and bureaucracy and capitalism exactly no no not yeah. even
0: if you're the rightful heir to the to the throne of earth you still you still getting get you gotta bribe <laughs> them with a quick card that flies out of your fucking robot's <laughs> wrist so Eddie Redming basically the first thing that he does with Jupiter is he explains that the universe is basically just this vast capitalist industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you know like he's looking to run like the like the lion's share of the industry. He's looking to make the most profits. He 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 he's kind of like he kind of describes the system with like a religious fervor and kind of like an awe. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's, thematically, he's our capitalist, you know? He's the embodiment of our
1: capitalist. He says it was all designed to a single purpose, to Mm -hmm. create profit. Yeah. Now the human beings on your planet are merely a resource
0: waiting to be converted into capital.
1: And this entire enterprise is just a small part in a vast and beautiful machine defined by evolution. Designed to a single purpose. To create profit.
0: But, and he's this like quiet guy who's obviously like, like, like roiling with fucking anger inside. Mm-hmm. And he yells at his servants, but when he's faced with a person that reminds him of his mother, he like is clearly starts to like shatter and like can't hold his shit together. Mm-hmm and i just think that's like it that's another like perfect kind of way of highlighting the themes of like like the the toxic patriarchal aspects of capitalism and the mm-hmm. way that like like you know like like the elite have usually been um characterized as like men in power and how like men in power like they're usually very like as we've seen like with like certain figures like they're very they're like power hungry or they're hollow or they're perverted or like something like that mm-hmm. And they're just, like, broken people. And, like, that's that's why Eddie Redmayne is putting in this, like, really weird performance. He's this broken alien human that doesn't really understand emotions and only really understands, like, this industry that he runs and stuff. Yeah,
1: he's got, and, like, like... He's, he's a like, really
0: well-characterized... It's just a very interesting characterization. So. Yeah.
1: He's he's fucking like a million years old or whatever, but he's still got like mommy issues. Like you can live forever and not get over your mommy issues because that's the hardest thing to get over, honestly, for most people. And yeah, it's like sort of vaguely reminiscent of how uh, capitalist ideology places all this importance on profit. And honestly... It took me a while in this movie to finally even just realize, oh, wait, that's the only thing that the only reason these siblings are fighting is that they're trying to make more money than each other, essentially. And like, because like, at least for Eddie Redmayne's character. Yeah, you can tell that that's like the only source of self-worth that he has. And I'm actually a little bit confused about that in his open robes. That's right. Yeah, his fucking, like, his, his, uh, sleeves, his, his, his robe sleeves. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of tunics that have crazy elaborate (laughs) sleeves, which are pretty, pretty baller, honestly. I think those are, like, it's king shit. Kane decides to attack
0: directly, you know, and he, and he breaks through the, 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 the storm, and, and he breaks through the barrier into the refinery, and that starts to allow the gas into the refinery that starts fucking everything up. Oh, that's
1: why that happens. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I picked up on that. Starts to fuck the place up. It's all um, falling apart and exploding. Everything's on fire. It's great.
0: Yeah. And Jupiter decides to keep her title so that she can protect Earth because she decides, like, you know what? If I die, at least Earth will be safe. Right. Selfless. She's become our hero, our queen, our, our respected bee queen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, she still cleans toilets, but now she also owns the earth and uh, has yeah. a dog man boyfriend who has wings yeah. now. Kane comes to rescue
0: her, <laughs> but then an
1: action scene follows. The
0: dragon man helps, the like, grabs Kane so that Cain oh, yeah. can't rescue her. And then the fucking Jupiter and 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 Balim starts falling down all these holes. This is where they start to beat each other up. And then like the basically the the refinery becomes
1: Mustafar from uh, Revenge of the Sith. Very yeah, much. yeah, it's very on fire. It's very <laughs> mustafar. So one thing that weirded me out was that at in the sort of epilogue where Jupiter's cleaning toilets, except she's really happy because she has dogman boyfriend. Uh, Jupiter's family says nothing at all about you know being abducted by these dinosaur guys. Like maybe they blanked them. I hope they blanked them. I hope that's what the uh, hope that's what the, <laughs> the implication is. But otherwise, you would think that they would have like really severe PTSD. Also, not just her. So I, I didn't know. think about that. I didn't think about it the first couple of times. Oh, huh. time. yeah! Wow. Yeah, whatever. But I guess how they're dealing with
0: their PTSD is they buy Jupiter the telescope that she's wanted. Oh,
1: that's right. Mm,
0: Old bladed telescope, just like the one her father had. Her father.
1: and then her little yeah. cousin's like, "Let's use it right now," and she's like, "No, I have a date." Oh, I got a date. And her whole family's like, "Oh I my got god!" A date. And they ask her all these questions. The name of this trash can is ideology. <laughs> yeah. And her her aunt is like, what's his sign? And she's like, I don't know. And everyone laughs, and I don't get why it's so funny. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Weird fucking, yeah. What the hell is this? Some kind of tube? (laughs) So that's what we think of. Well, what's your overall takeaway from this film? Well, This
1: this classic? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it took me as long as it did to sort of see the... I guess I probably just perceived it but didn't really think about it. The... uh, the bigger, you know, the bigger themes of like capitalism being consumption, and uh, yeah, that's another thing that uh, Eddie Redmayne says, right, when he's talking to Jupiter, he's like, "To live, existence is Is to consume. Life is an act of consumption. Jupiter, to live is to consume." <laughs>